I was dreaming about Merrily when the phone woke me up. I don't remember the dream. I do remember my face felt all hot and I was having trouble breathing. Lulu was sleeping on my head again, a habit she got into when my landlord cut back on the heat. I pushed her off and tried to focus on the clock next to the bed. It wasn't easy. I'd been drinking Boilermakers at the Dublin house until 2.30, which was exactly nine minutes before. I answered the phone. Somebody was speaking in this gravelly Brooklynese. Somebody who sounded a lot like the one. You can write, Pally. You can write. I cleared my throat. You read my book. My people read it. They're impressed. They think you're vibrant and, uh, what do you call it, resonant. So did Newsweek. That's their quote off the back cover. So let's talk, Pally. Sure. Read the book yourself, then we'll talk. Also, never call me again in the middle of the night. It's rude. Hey, nobody talks to Sunny Day like that. Who do you think you are, me? I hung up and burrowed back under Lulu and the covers. I didn't have much left anymore. Lulu and my pride were about it. I went back to sleep immediately. The next thing that woke me up was this loud, steady pounding. At first, I thought it was my head, but it was somebody at the door. Lulu was barking. I tried to muzzle her. She has a mighty big bark for somebody with no legs, but she leapt off the bed and waddled to the door and kept barking. I focused on the clock again. It wasn't yet nine. Who's there? Sunny day, came the reply. I found my silk dressing gown and a pile of clothes on the chair. How'd you get in the building? Vic is good with locks. Who's Vic? Open up, will you, Stuart? I opened up, and there he was. It was strange, meeting someone I'd known since I was in kindergarten. He looked just like he did on screen, only more so. He was shorter. He was wider. The furrows in his forehead were deeper, the black brows bushier, the nose bigger. He was in his sixties now, but he still wore his hair in a pompadour, and he still dyed it jet black. I think he dyed his chest hair, too. Plenty of it was showing. His fur coat was open, his red silk shirt unbuttoned to the waist. His heavy beard was freshly shaved. He smelled of cologne and talc, and he was tanned and alert. He stuck out a manicured hand. I shook it. His grip was a hell of a lot firmer than mine. Behind him stood a sandy-haired giant in a Chesterfield coat. He was maybe forty and balding and had a long scar across his chin. I figured him for six feet six, maybe two-fifty. That's Vic Early, said Sonny. Vic nodded at me blandly. I stood there in the doorway, shivering. Don't you ever sleep? Can we come in? asked Sonny. I let them in. The two of them filled my tiny living room. Lulu barked viciously and then ran under my desk. Good work, Lulu, I told her. Sonny looked around at what little there was in the way of furniture, at the piles of newspapers, the dust, the beer bottles, 
the stack of dishes in the kitchen sink, which dripped. Let me see, the premise for this scene is poverty, right? Vic laughed. I went into the kitchen, stirred two heaping spoonfuls of instant coffee into a cup of cold water, and swallowed it down with three extra strength Excedrin. Then I smiled bravely. Breakfast, I said, is the most important meal of the day. Sonny bared his teeth like a rat, found a box of Sensen mints in his coat, and popped two in his mouth. Get dressed, he ordered. Plane leaves in an hour. What plane? To L.A. You can have the guest house. Stay as long as you need. Whoa. You better step on it if we're gonna- Wait, what are you talking about? I want you, he said. You're it. I sat down on the sofa, rubbed my eyes. I already told my people to take care of it. Whatever deal you want, you got it. It's done. I don't think you understand, I said slowly. Nothing's done. I do your book if I decide I want to, and I haven't decided yet. Did I tell you, Vic? Huh? Sonny beamed at me. You got moxie, kid. Talent, too. You're some kind of writer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I read your book last night after we talked. I apologize. I'm not used to working with New York talent. I forget. You people are very, what, sensitive. Anyways, I stayed up all night and read it. Never went to sleep. I'm impressed. I don't agree with you, I mean your conclusion at the end, but that's cool. Point is, you tell a good story, you have real smarts, and you're no phony with big words. I had nothing to add. You ever sell that book as a movie? The father's a great part, and I could play the hell out of it. Orion optioned it for Paul Newman. Eh, he can act too, Sonny kidded. Vic laughed. Clearly, it was one of the things he was paid to do. We'll have to have a literary discussion sometime, Pally. Time I got plenty of, now that I'm off this stuff. You like to run? Me and Vic do five miles every morning. We already ran in Central Park this morning. Vic used to play offensive line for the Bruins. Vic looked down at me impassively. He didn't scare me. I knew in a fair fight I'd last at least 1.2 seconds.